Welcome to the Interloop Radio. I'm Courtney Sexton, and I'm just checking in with our friend Kyoko Mori, who is a professor in the creative writing program at George Mason. And let's see what she's up to. Hello. Hey, Kyoko. How's it going? Going fine. I had off last semester you know, to work oh my on goodness. my book. So now I'm back at school. I taught, well, I met my classes just yesterday and the day before. And even though, you know, it was energizing, great, you know, great students, great classes, I'm exhausted. Yeah, already. I've got many forward. people all at once. Is, yeah, you know, no. You have to get used to that. Hardest. Yeah. Especially having, you know, the semester, like you like totally fall out of the routine of it. So, okay. What are you teaching this semester? I'm teaching a class on memoirs. It's a literature class. It's called, you know, memoirs, the, the, the tradition and variations. So we start with like the 20th century, you know, memoirs and mm-hmm. read seven of them together and have people do presentations. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, so and then are... I'm teaching the advanced, you know, creative writing workshop. For the workshop. Yeah. yeah. What, um, what's your favorite of the memoirs that you guys are exploring? I don't think I can decide. That would be like asking which one is my favorite cat. Yeah. So I think okay. I like all of them. Even, you know, yeah, all of them. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, Cool. Okay. So wait, so you've got teaching. You were working on your book last semester though. Are you still tinkering with that? No, my book is going to come out in March from Belt Publishing. It's called Cat and Bird. And that is going to be out in March. So last semester, you know, I was just finishing it up, you know, with my editor. The final, the final. Yeah, just finalizing, you know, that final revision. Oh my God. Really like the final sprint. Yeah. Yes, I totally understand. I, well, I mean, I need to get my ass on a creative manuscript, but I finished my dissertation in the spring. I think I told you. Congratulations. Thank you. But it's the same thing. It's like that last round of edits. You're just like, I don't want to look at this ever again. I'm so done with it. And yet I always find out something important in that last round. It all comes together, you know, in a way that it didn't before. So, yeah. Yeah. No, it's critical. Um, So Cat and Bird, March. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about it at all? Or is it still top secret? I think of it as my cat memoir, even though it starts with birds. So it starts with watching, you know, right now, um, the chimney swifts are just beginning to come around. Mm. They migrate from North America to like the Amazon, you know, basin. Mm -hmm. And in the fall, they come in huge flocks through D.C., and flutter into um, our chimney to roost for the mm-hmm. night. So it starts with that, but it's about watching birds outside, me and my cats inside, mm-hmm. you know, that contrast between the inner life and the outer world. And oh, um, it's also that. my cat memoir that begins with the first cat of my life, Dorian, who was a totally influential figure. I. You know, I got him my first semester of graduate school. Yeah. He was with me until I was 40. 
It was like a oh huge chunk of my life and um, a total, you know, like influence on who, who I became. Yeah. So. No, I, you know, you and I, last time we saw each other and we've talked about it before too, a little bit, but mm-hmm. I, I have the same thing with the dogs in my lives. They're really important figures. And my heart dog, I call him, um, or my soul dog was Remy. And similarly, he was, when did I get him? I think I was 24 when Mm -hmm. I got him. And I was like, okay, he's supposed to stick around until I'm 40. (laughs) And um, unfortunately, I lost him sooner than I should have. But um, yeah, but like, I get what you're saying in terms of like, them being such a formative part of your formation at, at, during that period in your life, especially like when especially. you're actually an adult. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was the first cat, you know, I had after I was no longer living at my parents' house or in the right. dorm. This was yeah. my first actual companion. adult apartment. Yeah. And here he was my companion and yeah. he lived for so long. And uh, unfortunately, none of my other cats so far, you know, lived as long as that. But in the 18 years, he just totally helped. It was a formative experience. He knew you needed him. They they yeah. have the sense of these things. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I'm excited. I can't wait to read it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Because um, that's also like, I try to find way, you know, like not everyone is a dog person. Not everyone is a cat person. I try to find ways to tap into those things. Like, yeah. so that it can be relatable to others, yeah. too, right? Yeah, and they're them. really more the same than different. I mean, the way dogs and cats behave might be different, but in the way we form relationships yeah. with them, I mean, at least for me, it's never been that my cats are aloof. You know, right. I, I don't take them on walks in my neighborhood, right. you know, but we're here all the time and yeah. they're totally focused on me. You know, they always want to be with me and, you know, yeah. everything that happens in their lives, they think, and sort of correctly, you know, it comes from me. From you. you know, yeah. I'm kind of their prime mover, you know, <laughs> and then that's a huge responsibility. And that would be the same for cats or dogs. And, yeah. and that attachment you have, you know, has to do with the fact that they don't have to go anywhere. Right. I mean, this, this is the only life they have. Right. And, you know, that would be the same no matter what your pet is. Yeah. Oh, so cool. And I, I love that idea of the swallows too, because it's this time of year where I start, like, I'm like, is that a swallow or is it a bat? Right? Yeah. 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 So people start, think start. the swifts are bats because right, exactly. they, they congregate at dusk. Yes. And the thing is like, but the swifts are going into the chimney to rest for the night. Right. Bats would be coming out okay. around that time. And yes. they don't come out like in huge numbers like that. Bats, right. you know, you just see one or two at a time. They don't yeah. flock up like that. But, you know, when you see them in the sky, it's like these dark silhouettes. Yeah. And you, know, you think, oh, maybe they're bats, but they're swifts. And yeah, right. I mean, I love watching them. So I think birds are sort of the opposite of cats in that. Right. You know, I love them from a distance yeah. and I want to protect them. But there's nothing I can do really concretely to protect them. Yeah. You know, we can keep our chimney open so they can come into a chimney at night. You know, right. a lot of buildings like close off their chimneys. Oh, right. But all the things you, you can do to protect them are pretty indirect. Yeah. And, you know, they're there and they die. And birds die in huge numbers. I mean, the whole idea of migration 
is yeah. that not all of them would make it back and forth. So they always have more, you know, birds than they kind of need right, because right. they know many will die in migration. So to, to watch that is like beautiful, but very sad, you know, whereas my, my cats, they're not even allowed to sit in an open window. Right. I mean, I, I close the window so they don't fall out. They don't go anywhere. They don't even go into the hallway of, you know, our apartment building because I just want to protect them. So that, you know, that, that different relationship yeah. I have with birds and, and cats. I mean, to me, I think that those are the extremes of extreme. life's relationships. Yeah. Well, I mean, as you were saying that, I was laughing. I was like, it's kind of like writing. Like, you know that like you have to put all of it out there and you know some of it is going to die. It's just (laughs) Yes. My writing is so much more like birds than about cats. And I think that's why I live with cats because the writing is so uncontrollable and you can't be protective. So it's so great to have like these two beings that I can protect. And I can handle, I can do whatever I want with them, you know, for, for their own good. It's like they've kind of signed this like um, yeah. automatic consent form. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah, implied consent, you know, for yeah. almost everything. Yeah. Oh my God, I love that. Oh, so cool. Well, yeah, I can't wait to read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what else is going on? So you just started teaching. Are you reading anything good? Yeah, I just finished uh, Joanne Beard's new book, Festival oh, Days, yes. and I'm teaching her um, the boys of my youth in my memoir class, you know, mm-hmm. as a kind of memoir that's also a book of essays, you know, where time is discontinuous. I mean, everything kind of blows up in the middle in the school yeah. shooting. Yeah. I mean, it's a stunning book. So I start, decided to read my, you know, her last book. And the last segment of it, which is a title essay, Festival Days, is about going to India with Catherine Rich, who was also a friend of mine. And mm-hmm. she's the woman who wrote Dreaming in Hindi and The Red Devil. She had cancer almost all her life. And then, mm-hmm. you know, she died about, oh, now almost like 10 years ago, I think, maybe okay. eight years ago. Um, and I think of Kathy actually during this time, because the last time I saw Kathy was when she came to do an event for, um, you know, for our school. And she yeah. stayed at my house and we watched the Swifts together. Aww. And this was like, you know, four months before she died. Before she died. And I had no idea how ill she was. So yeah. like reading Joanne, you know, Beer's book, oh my gosh. I already, you know, <sighs> I mean, Joanne knew she was dying. You right. know, I mean, because she saw her more regularly. You know, yeah. I lived here, she lived in New York. Yeah. So like it's getting a glimpse of the part I didn't know. It's mm-hmm. a beautifully written book. And in the whole book, it's kind of like that. I mean, she starts with a couple of, I mean, he, she's like, she starts with this guy. I mean, maybe this isn't the, it, earlier, there was a, a, a chapter called Warner, uh-huh. which is about this guy who survives a fire in a New York uh, apartment by okay. diving across the other building. And it's not about her. And then there are a couple of pieces like that. And there are a couple of pieces where, she kind of fictionalizes and lets you know she's fictionalizing. She's then there are right. pieces about her life. But in a way, that's how you think about your own life. You know, totally. it's just like in segments. So I just think it's such an effective and beautifully written book. Oh, so I just so yeah, I mean, we fictionalize our own lives all the time. But, yeah. you know, Joanne was one of my mentors. at Santa I did Lyle. not know that. Yeah. Well, so you know, I, saw, I never actually met her. But I think of her yeah. as Joanne because, you know, we have so many friends in common yes and yeah 
Yeah, so I'm excited for to read her new one too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, what a small world. That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you're reading it. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to let you go and get on with your week. Um, <laughs> but it's been so good catching up. I know we're going to see each other soon too. I really look forward to that. Awesome. Thanks, Kyoko. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week with more literary fun. Remember to subscribe so you can get inspired, get focused, and get lit on the Interloop Radio.